0: Welcome to the Invincible Innovation Show, the podcast for changemakers. Each week, I talk to the most fascinating entrepreneurs and innovation leaders about innovation strategy and design. Hey, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest, an AI entrepreneur, who will shed some light on a fascinating world of artificial intelligence. We'll be delving into a topic of AI uh, uncovered, Overcoming Obstacles in Building Intelligent Projects. Stay tuned for a thought-provoking discussion with our guest. Welcome to Invincible Innovation Live Show. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Adima Zorkario, product design and AI expert, and I'll be your host. And I have a very, very special guest. Hi, Raviv.
1: Hi, Adi. Pleasure to be here.
0: So happy that you're here. Raviv Yatomi is an AI entrepreneur and co-founder of Amphorica. And we're live on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. And you're so invited to join the discussion and ask questions. And before we start with the with the real questions, I want you just to introduce, like, how did you become an AI entrepreneur? Why that direction and this topic?
1: Sure. So first of all, as a kid, I was really attracted to games, obviously, like every, every kid. And Commodore 64 came out, you know, it's like a dinosaur, but that, it came yeah. out. And uh, I was fascinated by the idea of this getting into this imagination uh, world where it doesn't really exist, but it does exist. And, you know, you, you sort of a, sort of a, another definition for a great book, right? A great game. It's like you get into this amazing game. And this is why I fell in love with this world of software, the, the ability to uh, simulate stuff or even from game perspective, but later on, Simulate stuff in, and we'll talk about it. How to simulate stuff with AI, um, and I kind of kind of uh, left it to the army. I, I actually had a, a service in the army, not connected to computers. And later on, I I kind of uh, when I started learning uh, software engineering, uh, one of my lectures, uh, her name is Aura Arbel. She was amazing, and she introduced me to the world of machine learning and AI. And in the beginning, it was about uh, genetic algorithms. I don't know if you're familiar with that branch of AI, but it's a fascinating yeah. branch that mimics evolution in order to find creative solutions. And I kind of got into it and I said, wow, this is more powerful than anything I've seen so far, uh, and more inspiring than anything I've seen so far. And wow, it can save, it can, it can like. S- solve so many problems in the real life world that we're now solving with our heads or, you know, trying to, and and it demands mm-hmm. some kind of uh, letting go. So if if you're talking about like the old school method, when you do algorithm, you're on top of the algorithm. It means, you know, at every location of the algorithm, what it's gonna do, almost like a rule-based method where you know exactly what it, and and therefore you have control on the outcomes. But in AI, it's a bit different because you have to let go and you have to understand that you're not going to understand how to solve the problem. Even if the AI understands how you're going to solve the problem, most likely you won't be able to understand what he understands. So reverse engineer his thoughts and his his, 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 his rule-based thinking, you can't do that. You You can get rhymes to what's more, which parameters are more important or or less important. Yeah. But but if if you think you're going to understand what's going on there, you know, leave it alone. You, you're not going to understand what's going on there and yeah. how, you know, it actually solved the problem. What you have to do is to establish the environment in order to teach him what's right and what's wrong. And that's why we collect so many samples for AI, because this is how we teach him, by samples. Yeah. And, and and that was and, like
0: in so what totally topic? inspiring
1: for me. Sorry. Could
0: you describe what kind of topics did you use AI? So we started in the academy and then you went through a few startups.
1: Right. So so I I, I came with this almost understanding that, wow, there's going to be like a magic wand here that, you know, is going to be playing a major role in, in the next 10, 15, 20 years. And obviously it happened. I, I actually started it at 2000, like started wow. writing neural networks, uh, maybe 30 neurons in C++, you know, Python wasn't there. And and it was magical for me. It was magical, uh, and I said, "Wow, I'm gonna devote my uh, knowledge in that direction in understanding that I'm you know there's a great career waiting for me that is gonna be very versatile in terms of the things that I can work on are endless, you know. And you know, I I didn't want to be focused on one area of my life. I wanted to, you know, life is so rich. You want to taste yeah. a lot you want to understand a lot and 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 therefore i i kind of embraced the opportunity very early in the game to understand that if i'm going to become an expert in this field i'm be, i'm going to be very valuable going on forward and i'll also have the freedom of myself to select which topics are interesting or i have passion towards and which are not and and then i can also go in those directions and be a game changer and and, and, and I, I came with the idea and I started uh, at the beginning. I worked as the algorithm developer. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was just algorithm, an uh, uh, algorithmic developer, writing mm-hmm. algorithms. And at the beginning, it was for so- sound recognition in small startup companies. Sound mm-hmm. recognition to understand different sounds and classify them to different groups.
0: Mm-hmm. Later
1: on, I moved into semiconductor industry to uh, actually uh do single signal processing on x-ray reflection in order to understand the results and what they mean and this was mm-hmm. on wafer inspection uh, in, in it's basically semiconductor industry um, mm-hmm. later on i moved into i, I kind of uh, i also moved into asthma uh, detection oh, Medical. medical into yeah. asthma detection using uh a sound of vibration and sounds Ooh. to understand what is the severity of the asthma level and this was mm-hmm. really interesting and yeah and at a certain stage I got kind of got tired of people telling me and and what uh, to do <laughs> yeah what to do or basically you know don't do the business do the stay yeah, focused right, on right. The algorithm because you're yeah. you know you know how to do algorithms but you don't know business and I was uh, ah, that's not my you know I know yeah. business. like I can learn businesses and obviously, I didn't know business. <laughs> like so, any other uh,
0: new entrepreneur, they don't
1: know. Right, 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 right. And you also have to keep this mentality of not knowing. Otherwise, you can't learn. Um, right. So, so I, I became an entrepreneur and I went into factories uh, in Israel, here in Israel. And basically, I came with the understanding that maybe I can take all their experiments and get their products to a higher level by just analyzing their historical errors and and experiments and and it's it's
0: within within the the line of industry or the logistics or no no
1: this was uh, actually uh factories manufacturing uh, plastics and uh, also uh, uh, armor protection and they Mm -hmm. had and and and, like when you do a when you do a product there are so many Mm -hmm. combinations for a product it's almost like a cake in in terms of complexity and and the opportunity that you can build your product. But there is one cake that is much better than all the others in terms of uh, st- uh, stability, resilience, weight, etc. And, yeah. and machine learning is a great tool for that because we as human beings can percept maybe seven variables. I can maybe four variables at, at once. And, maybe. and the idea yeah. of, of, of machine learning taking thousands of ex- experiments, thousands of experiments and analyzing them and also being able to analyze them and say, "Okay, this is what comes out of those experiments. This is the model that describes those experiments. And therefore, you don't have to do any more experiment. You can use all your experiments to prevent using experiments in order to get your goal. You did enough.
0: (laughs) If I understand correctly, and and you see like two Israelis talk and they cut each other all the time. Okay but let me see if I understood what you're saying let's take the history of the experiments you already done in order to predict what would be better in the future of your product line
1: correct correct very correct and and it happens also that you didn't do the exact experiment that you have to do now but you have the five experiments that can that are around the area that you want to test and maybe you can conclude from them already what what will be the outcome and save time money time yeah. to market
0: yeah, especially oh, okay. in manufacturing, where it's like um, most people, when they think about the product, they think about software. And when you're making some kind of a bug or you have a mistake, okay, we'll fix it. But in manufacturing, it will be very costly to make this kind of mistake, right? So it's not the same.
1: Correct, correct. Um, then I moved into a very vertical startup. In 2012, I, uh, Irad Kunreich and myself established a startup that is about air quality measurements and air quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, Irad is actually my partner at the time and he was asthmatic and he was concerned from running near the road and not knowing where there is bad air pollution or good air pollution. And he lived in Haifa, which is quite polluted yeah. in Israel. So he right. had this extreme uh, consciousness on, to this area and he came from the world of sensors and it was the beginning of the IOT maybe 2012. So Internet of Things just rise up, and we did a, a a monitoring station. You can actually see it here,
0: yeah. <laughs> here, <laughs> here. Yeah. Uh,
1: But it's a, it's a small monitoring station that allows you to monitor the air quality. Uh, yeah, I see. So it's almost like a, a, a shoebox size uh, device that has within it like maybe eight parameters of air quality. That you can uh, uh, by the way you can replace the the structure of it but the idea is to cover those six regulatory parameters that are being measured today Um, and this was a very ambitious uh, project in the sense that it involved uh, hardware very complex hardware by the way uh, and also the software to analyze all the points from the city or from the factory or from wherever, in order to create a mesh and understand uh, behaviors, like predicting when it will be the best time to go jogging, uh, predicting when it will be the, where it will be the best place to buy your next real estate or house, or which yeah, where, whatever you want or, or where to call the fire department when there is a fire, or mm-hmm. like alerts of leaks of gas. And the idea was amazing, astonishing and we sold it to a company called Perkin Elmer we had an exit mm-hmm. uh, at the time and and actually machine learning was a huge part of our project because calibration was the name of the game you know you had uh, when you talk about air quality sensors most of the air quality sensors today that are regulated are very huge and bulky it means they're in the size of a container mm-hmm. and in the price of around 100k dollars so mm-hmm. that means it's very expensive to Uh, to buy one of these, and also to locate them in the city, it will probably be on the roof of a public uh, uh, building, and not necessarily Mm -hmm. on the street level where people can really identify their situation and not on the roof. And so, uh, we actually made a unit which is much, much, uh, much, much uh, cheaper than the existing units, uh, and we compensated the accuracy with algorithms, meaning that we gave the machine learning the task of of making the hardware much better than it is by combining all the sensors together as an array and also putting mm-hmm. them alongside uh, regulatory stations for a very long time in order to create a baseline that we can calibrate to. So that yeah. that is something that actually made much it's one another great example of how, Machine learning doesn't have to be at the top of your project, but maybe it can be this small diamond that does the difference between accuracy, for example, and does a big difference. So,
0: yeah. So this yeah. was an amazing,
1: amazing journey with my friend, and also uh, we. I worked in Boston for three years, met some mm-hmm. great people, uh, kind of also studied. You know how did it happen, so I can do it again, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. what, what happened here? What? How did is it lucky? Is it not lucky? And, yeah. and I'm still learning, by the way. So <laughs>
0: You should. We all still learn all the time, right?
1: Which uh, is very
0: important. And and then after that, you went into this current uh, startup that you were in?
1: Uh, after that, I had some projects for a while doing AI. And then I actually started another startup, which is the, my current startup, uh, Amphorica. Uh, mm-hmm. Amphorica is about... Uh, and bringing AI into logistics and supply chain and, and to companies that don't have the capability of embracing AI. And we try to do it as simple as possible for these companies who are not in the game and then and, and are, are struggling to get into the game. And we yeah. found out that in the logistics sector and also when you look at, I'm, I'm not talking about companies who are tier one, I'm talking about tier two, three and so on maybe small and medium companies even that are struggling to embrace AI and and there's a lot of yeah. fat in there that can be optimized in their operation yeah. in the way they they predict how the future will be uh, in the way they schedule their their workloads and their resources and how they monetize it and in the way they price their work it's it's a challenging a very challenging uh, topic how do you price yeah. how do you, How do you estimate your costs? Um, So so these are, and we are enablers for these companies. Some of our work is around uh, giving them tools, like ML Mm -hmm. Ops tools that will easily bring them on board into current uh, tools. And some of them are projects that we have to get into their uh, data and extract those uh, either predictions or either insights that can be very valuable for these companies, and yeah. and the the great opportunity here is that there's so many companies out there that don't have AI within their organization, mm-hmm. and I'll go okay. even further. There's so many that you know didn't get out of Excel. uh are still their <laughs> yeah. companies in Excel or Google Sheets, and and my yeah. heart is with them. You know that they've been struggling for ages yeah. and doing the hard labor but uh, and most of them don't have enough time to even go on board those new tools and, and we're seeing uh, we're seeing a situation where a lot of them bring in-house AI into their teams mm-hmm. uh, we, we, I'm seeing it more and more and even when you bring somebody who's AI specialist into your, your team, sometimes it doesn't have the soil to grow on so it means yeah. you need some kind of an ecosystem in order to inhabit those so even if you have a great prediction somebody has to get that prediction and do something with that so yeah. it's 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 a challenging uh, time but at the same time you know it's it's uh, it's bringing up probably a lot of optimization and and i call it basically peace of mind to these companies yeah. uh, in terms of uh, tranquility and the ability to get on top of business and also do be be optimized and and yeah and one of the one of the things we heard from these companies over and over that that they can't sleep at night basically
0: <laughs> yeah you know like with this very more i would say traditional types of businesses that are really struggling to go and to to get into these kinds of of understanding about the business because they're always like a fi- there are fires and they're distinguishing fire all the time. And if you're doing it with Excel or with very old uh, systems it's it's very hard and there are lots of competition out there and the big uh, how do you call them tier one the big enterprises they have all of that and it's really hard to compete.
1: right right and and, and they have all of that but you have to remember that also they are big and bulky so therefore yeah. if you're a medium player and you have those tools most chances that you'll be more effective than the big big companies yeah. because you're yeah. still agile and you you can move fast and uh, so so i think it's the democratization of those tools is so vital um and and yeah. you know we live in a great area where everyone is allowed to touch those tools and yeah. I, I pray and wish that it will remain this way because uh, it's gonna be unfair otherwise
0: <laughs> so what do you think is like the worst case scenario like uh Microsoft Google taking it all? this is how you see it?
1: Well, you know as long as we're talking about uh uh commercial companies i'm I'm quite relaxed. I think you know that the 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 most main important task is the politicians. Mm. and regulating this 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 new branch that arise you know is 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 a highly important task and th- there is a good reason why everybody shouts for that you know um yeah because the companies are busy doing money basically right but of course but that's but, their job yeah right, that's, that's their job right and but basically i think the the most heavy duty and responsibility is going to be on top of the politicians or us citizens who choose the politicians if you go like step behind, But but we have to understand that, you know, it's a very, very powerful tool. And like dynamite, it could be used for building roads or for destruction. And
0: this reminds me of what Sam Altman, which is in Tel Aviv right now. I got pictures. Um, said that he he would like the U.S. government to to be like hands on and bring yeah. more regulations to it. And the smaller companies said, okay, it's a way for them to dominate because not many companies would be able to uh, live up to these regulations. And uh, mm-hmm. what do you think about it?
1: Well, I, th- I think uh, we all, as human beings, should be uh, careful, and we're playing with fire, basically. And we have yeah. to understand it very, very deeply. And uh, and when you think about the Big Brother vision, uh, it's actually closer than ever in terms of capabilities. I'm, I'm talking yeah. about capabilities. So yeah. I think as, as a human race, we need to take responsibility and understand that we are uh, dealing with fire here. Yeah, and, and and I'm optimistic. By the way, I'm optimistic. I think that. <laughs> so, you so know, what would
0: be the, the best case? We talked about the worst case. Okay. Big the brother. best
1: case will be that people will work less. And,
0: That's
1: what I, I think. And I, well,
0: how do you imagine that people work less and how do they?
1: Well, get
0: get money for what they need.
1: Well, already Bill Gates uh, mentioned the idea of robots paying taxes for people who are laid out or be, because mm-hmm. of those. And I think it's a good direction. It's a good direction. Um, we're seeing the GPT coming out and the new tools coming out. And, you know, it's inevitable that people will be replaced by computers and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, software developers, you're the first ones. If you, <laughs> yeah if you didn't get it till now and so on, many, many, you know, many, many uh, professionals uh, are going home in terms of, or going home or or, you know, people are not willing to, will not be willing to pay so much for that like they did so far and yeah. and we have to understand that we, it's it's a process that will happen if we want it or not um yeah. and but i but think what you're saying
0: about robots taxes it's like it's taxing these huge like companies like microsoft that owns open ai that has G- gpt they would need to pay for it or i know google with bard or right, whatever right.
1: But well, we have to find a way to provide people with,
0: yeah, with salaries that
1: they didn't get, and uh, with, with the ability to live respectfully. And, uh, and I think that's the main point. Like, if we don't understand that that's the main point, that like uh, uh, well-being for for the people, then it won't work, uh, or it will be in in the shape that we don't want it to be. So that's why I'm talking about the politicians. We have to understand that a lot of people are going home sooner. Yeah. sooner. And and we have to take care of them, uh, and make sure that they yeah. have enough time to, for their lives, for their well-being. And it's hard to imagine, but I think yeah. I think we have to consider the fact that we we don't need to work as hard as we did in the last decades. Um, yeah. it, it's it doesn't have to be this way, you know. We can probably wake up a bit later and come back to work and spend time with our kids or with our loved ones, dedicate time to arts. And But now that, you know, these tools came out, I think they can liberate us instead of instead of the opposite.
0: Yeah, and,
1: uh, exactly. And when you look at, you know, mm-hmm. how much time it took to pick up cotton once and how much it takes now, there's kind of liberation, it has to be kind of liberation within this equation, right? It used to take like hundreds of people to... Pick up cotton and now it takes like 10 minutes with a huge machine i think something has to translate into here with the same translation yeah. but in mind in in the mind of worrying about the people and not necessarily about the robots they'll be okay the robots
0: yeah. i'm not worried about microsoft or google by the way right, right. i just i just have to say that i i know if you saw the the discussions, and in, in I think it was in the Senate that Semanov went to, to talk to them. And it's not that I don't respect politicians uh, that much, but it seems that they did not really understand the right. topic well right. enough in order to think about it. Not to regulate is like is is the next level. Just to understand what is the meaning of it right. and why right. is this? I know he's 38 years old talking to them as if it's like I know. <laughs> A profit right
1: so, so we need younger leaders that's that's another thing right we yeah. need and i think and, and i think most of the talented people don't go to be leaders today which is of course that's, <laughs> that's for know, sure that's we know that separate. we need the best leaders out there not necessarily the best ceos you know we need the best leaders for the politician part and that's exactly to protect the people from from this unfair competition and yeah. it's an unfair competition. If anyone doesn't understand that, you know, it's he it has a problem today.
0: But yeah. it's an unfair competition. I think that, competition. That, that, that most people don't really understand what it involves in order to build this kind of a tool. So you need, like, it's not another startup that succeeded. You need, first, you need lots of resources and talent and computational power and data. And, and it's lots of work. Not everyone could do it, right? And funding, of course.
1: Right, so, right. Um, Right, and also, uh, I think the more uh, now, I believe we have maybe ten years of great opportunities for entrepreneurs, like amazing opportunities. Everywhere you throw a stone and you put AI on top of it, it'll probably grow. Yeah, um, and and it's astonishing also to see the the amount of tools that entrepreneurs have today. It's almost like you know you're going to Disneyland. You have so many tools, and and they're going and they're getting so so much better so quickly you know with yeah I, I have to say that now now the plugins came out in open AI. Yeah and,
0: like now it's like two weeks old it's like <laughs> all news
1: right right and <laughs> and I was like I was playing all weekend with those capabilities like and my kids see me like you know wow, wow. amazing and then, wow wow that wow. but what is it and they look at it and but this doesn't yeah. look cool. Uh <laughs>
0: yeah for them it doesn't <laughs>
1: But but uh, but I think the tools are improving so quickly and and uh, so in, when you we're talking about entrepreneurs, it's almost like being in heaven. And at the same time, everybody is in heaven, right? So yeah, the, competition, the competition excels very quickly. It's very hard to prove that you are special uh, yeah. because you know everything is democratic. And well, now you have the you know the language models out there. Which are really helping you out in anything, you know, in anything. Um, yeah. It makes you just a better at what you are.
0: It doesn't yeah. matter what you
1: do. Uh, and and, I'm, and let's not exaggerate. Exaggerate, exaggerate sorry. I, I think that you know we still the tools are not there yet. By the way, you know it, it's not uh, well, like how do you see
0: that. You mean, it, you mean like specializing into a certain uh, direction, right, not just... I, I mean, if, I,
1: if I throw a stone and I decide to do something with AI, with ChatGPT, and I, you know, start to... For example, I'm, I'm doing a lot of software development with it. Uh, yeah. It's actually writing me for one year, software Co- development.
0: Code
1: uh, No, I actually use uh, the, ChatPT, the ChatGPT, ChatGPT itself. itself, oh. Yeah, to create code. And now you have the Notable. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if you know, it's... a. A very strong plugin that you can also do software with it and and i have to say it's uh, it's overwhelming it's amazing but at the same time you you still need me or somebody special to say okay you you're not in the right direction or uh well it, that's great or oh that's bullshit that's totally bullshit yeah. and it happens and it happens a lot it happens a yeah. lot uh, but with a bit of an imagination, you can understand that I can be replaced as well as the leader of the conversation or the uh, yeah. or, or the contributor of the insights. Or and there's already new. Uh, there's a great open source called AutoGPT. I don't know if mm-hmm. you heard about it, but yeah, go go and take a look. It's 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 something that you install on your computer. It's an open source project, but it basically eliminates you as a question asker out of the game so it gives you the, the ability to actually a bot talks to a bot and mm. and replaces you as the supervisor yeah. so so to say and this is an amazing uh advancement and obviously we didn't talk about the art part which is amazing like when we talk about Dali and yeah. and, I mean, and you know they used to say that that AI is not about art, you know. It's about numeric and about. But now, yeah. you know, everybody understands that that it can mimic art great and also create things that are inspirational and touching your your soul, you know. And uh, yeah. when you talk about music, uh, OpenAI has a great project for music. Uh, go on and listen to it Yeah, Google has
0: one too. Yeah.
1: And and this is amazing. Like almost like. Uh, uh and, and so therefore I think you know, and by the way, let's just talk a little bit about the, the word artificial because it I, I really want to talk about it and it's a bit spiritual, but let's mm-hmm. stay stay on this one. Sure. Now I, I don't believe that there is anything artificial in this world. Like you know, it's it's a bit cocky to think like that, you know, mm-hmm. because we are part of nature, <laughs> as yeah. much as, as smart as we think we are or and, and to put the word artificial on something that we as part of nature created, mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. So you uh, would
0: say that this is an intelligence and you wouldn't use the word artificial before it, but how would you define a, a human intelligence natural. which is separate natural. from this kind?
1: I think it's part of nature as much as we are part of nature, you know, and we,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's something spiritual, but I really believe that, you know, this is... It has its own existence, and uh, and and to call something artificial is to be very, you know. Are you God that you're calling it artificial? Like, you know, who are you to call it artificial if you're a human being who is created from nature? So, and I'll go out of the spiritual discussion, but <laughs> <laughs> but to me, to me, it, you know, um, it it allowed to be here. That's what I'm saying you know it's it's allowed to be here it's not like it has its right to be exist the yeah. this this and, wisdom this wisdom or this like uh what do you call it? whatever you artificial intelligence but yeah
0: <laughs> yeah so what would you say about people getting really really afraid and anxious even about the results and uh, you know like people like um Elon Musk said that you should stop it and to maybe slow it down or even mm-hmm. half a, if it, mm. half a year just think about it.
1: Mm, I what think would right. you?
0: What do I you think, think it's about?
1: Right. It? I think he's right. And going going back to the politicians and the ability to at least at least go and mitigate it, try to mitigate it in some way, but not just watch it grow and uh, explode from the side and not do anything with it i'm not saying you should stop it like italy did i think italy stopped ChatGPT for a while yeah i I don't think you know like uh i don't think that's the direction but definitely you should think about ethics and 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 start to start to talk about it and discuss about it and mitigate it i i think he's right i think he's right
0: i feel that it's like in next year next year we have election in in the us right mm-hmm. and i'm sure that when you know when when it like hits everybody it's there they will see it there you know with with the ads with the commercial with the social with everything related to that would be so obvious that right. what was like back then and we had a discussion is like the russians and facebook and all that it's nothing compared to what the tools both sides would have in a year they already have it they just use it in a year right
1: right right so, i know what what my end result would look like if you know if my wish for thinking that we w- will all have more time to do the things we like and not necessarily to be obligated to this rat race that we're kind yeah. of living today uh, to do more music to do more and and i for me, I you know, I imagine a liberation process where we yeah. stop going in this crazy circle of running off after our tails and uh, hopefully work less, be more with our kids, with our loved ones, and yeah. resonate better. I, I hope that this is the direction.
0: I truly do hope. You know, like in Hebrew, we have a saying, like, from your mouth to God, right? <laughs> more or yeah. less... Mm-hmm. Amen. So let's <laughs> let's go back to challenges. Like it, it sounds like everything is so easy, but AI is not that easy. Mm-hmm. So what would be a challenge for someone implementing an AI alg- algorithm or a product related mm-hmm. to AI?
1: So obviously, data is the first one usually. Usually, but by the way, not all algorithms are dealing with data. So if you have to schedule your uh, um, do scheduling for uh, for anything. Like scheduling mm-hmm. for for your workers or for anything you don't really need data right you just need to do the number of workers the number of slots that are needed and the missions and it's kind of a a a search a search of 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 the, of the best combination combination search so not yeah. necessarily you need data for these algorithms planning yeah. And uh, but most,
0: most people will not say it's like a pure AI if you don't use data, it's right? Like right, an algorithm, and, right? Right, more and,
1: less. And, right? But but when we talk about like things like you know, predict the future, uh, classification problems of medical stuff or or anything that you want to replace the poor uh, performance of a human being with something that is much more stro- stronger and quicker and also learned on much more data then that that's where you know it you need a lot of data and you need also to know how to build this data in order not to lie to the ai about how the world looks like so you need to present the real life problem in the same way that you build your data set yeah. Uh, if you and have I mean, most
0: people don't understand, I think the, how complex it is to use data. They, okay, we have lots of data, just, just use it. You need to clean it, you need to uh, form it, you need to, I know, to have the right structure of the data, all that. It's not that easy, just take it uh, You have a database, let's pure it into the like, chat GPT. In
1: in estimation, and, and I think it's change it is changing because of the tools for pre-processing, but in estimation, data cleansing and pre-processing would take 80% of your effort wow
0: around. 80 i not think i mean the, the algorithms
1: themselves they they you know they they're, they're built and when you run a neural network for example, for example once you have the data it's quite simple to run it or i'm not saying that there's no complexities there but the the hardest part is to align the data clean the data cleansing the cleaning and uh, this usually takes a lot of time and also when you have to take a lot of data from a lot of multiple uh, data lakes, let's call them. Yeah. Then, then it takes also a lot of time to align them together and make sure that you don't do mistakes. Because if you do mistakes, they will resonate in the model later on. Yeah,
0: so, and uh, you will not always understand where it where it comes right. from. Right? You will
1: not understand. <laughs>
0: uh, you will not. Okay. You
1: will not okay. understand the the uh, and when you work with deep neural networks, obviously you're you're not going to understand what's going on. Uh, and it's it's almost like a mystic process like a black yeah. box process that happens and you can understand by testing it before you release it but what you can do is put on top of it limitations if you say that you know if something comes out of the algorithm and it's it's not uh, appropriate or something like that or, yeah. then don't 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 put it Absolutely. so you, can, you you put your own logic on top of this complexity but yeah. you you can't do that. But basically, you have to understand that you don't understand how the neural network thinks. Yeah,
0: which, which is, is amazing. Being, right? it's, <laughs> it's hard. Just you know, it's like being a bit humble. You know, yeah, and yeah, yeah.
1: oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I I think humbleness is the word. And and when we talk about challenges, by the way, the the biggest challenge is to release, to let go. Like and and when you come to a big company and they they say go to talk to your to the chief scientist now now if he he's if he is tight and and in and, and tries to control the algorithm that he's written it'll be very hard to work with him very very hard i mean y- you have to understand that you don't understand you know it, otherwise uh, it's it's gonna be suffering
0: <laughs> yeah I think it's related to to the point of, of trust. would they trust your solution and are they willing to trust it because right. if they want to trust their own experience, skills uh, what they built till now they hold their like understanding of the world, uh, and especially their expertise really like close to their heart. It's like, this is what I do. Will right. your machine be better than me? That's what you're saying. I'm here yeah. for I don't know, 20 years. I'm in this factory and now you're coming. And it's really hard to create this trust with these machines. So,
1: so, so in the beginning, it's almost like it's, it's, it's not even like, uh, you're not talking about something specific or, or you're talking about emotions. Right. right. It's very emotional in the beginning. And and I think nowadays it's different, by the way, because it's so popular. But, it, but when I ten years ago, when I went into a company and said that we can optimize you, like just just let us optimize the algorithm, there was this objection, immediate yeah. objection. Like who are you that you can come here? We've been working on that ten years. You know, we've been so much. Uh, yeah. Who are you? That, you know, and obviously I tell them it's not me. You know, it's, I'm just going to help you and. And by the way, if we can cooperate there, your domain knowledge can make it much better, by the way. So there's a stage where the domain knowledge is so important that you need these people to be on your side. Otherwise, you know, and if they're on your side, then you can get into really, really amazing stuff. Because obviously domain knowledge helps. It it helps. I mean, but if you work with the AI and you understand, like, let's say you give it like 100 samples and you understand why it didn't choose this sample, then it may help very much to adjust the AI to be better. Or um, yeah, so main knowledge is super important. By the way, yeah, super I think it's
0: very similar to what you mentioned. That when you write code, still someone needs to say, "Okay, this is right. a stupid part of what you're saying, and I know how to fix it." Or you should right. take into consideration right. that
1: exactly. So, so basically, my suggestion to everybody who is afraid of it is first of all to, uh, if you can't bid it join it, you know, if you could be to join it.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's the first thing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and and in my imagination I always imagine myself going on top of the pile, you know. Instead mm-hmm. of going inside the pile and, and starting to... Um, and, and that means, you know, work with the tools that are out there but, but make something with those tools that haven't been done. Don't replace yeah. the tools that are out there but just use those you know and and usually what happens is there are amazing tools that are coming out every time combination of tools can be more amazing like you know so as an entrepreneur i'm trying to think about the lego parts not necessarily to go into the small lego parts but take those big construction like already things that are constructed and do with them together some kind of a combination which hasn't been Addressed yeah. until now, or it's a niche that nobody touches because it's you know, it's hard to get there, or something that is painful. But but yeah. I think if if you join it and and you also try to use those tools and not to replace them, you know, not don't fight with it. On you know, you have no chance there. Yeah. But when you're the saying tool,
0: these tools, are you talking like I, I'm trying to understand? Are you talking about uh, should I use a chat GPT or an open source or, or yeah. write myself my own code? Or you're saying there are so many other tools or problems you could solve with these tools?
1: So I wanna I don't want to limit it into any hierarchy. I think it's it, it it appears in any every hierarchy along the road, even you know the big ones, the small ones, or but I the idea is to think out of the box, you know, and mm-hmm. and and use and leverage those tools. So if you talk about ChatGPT, uh, yeah, definitely use those, even plugins or tools or automate your own solution in order to make somebody's life easier, at, and and make it cheaper for him to use it. Or and there are so many today, you know, we, you just have to. I guess you know, as an entrepreneur, I learned a few things. First of all, my ideas are usually not that good. You know, my idea.
0: <laughs> okay, that's a good start.
1: <laughs> so you know, the, the the expectation that your idea is going to be like the winning idea, I think it, you have to let go from that as well. You know, and and, it, and I see how much it blocks entrepreneurs from seeing ideas, basically just because it's not their idea. So right. so I think that going out of the of and and scouting for for this idea is is an essential part even if you're in the startup and you think you know what you're doing you always have to open up your mind your mind and 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 Mm -hmm. think about the maybe somebody some client that you're going to meet next week and not some nobody and i'm not you know will tell you the idea will you know will tell you the pain that he's suffering from and this is the so i think Letting go of the fact that you're going to invent the idea is super major important. Otherwise, yeah. you're locked in your ego and you can't you can't get good ideas. Um, so, so that's one so recommendation from my 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 experience that you know yeah. most of the good ideas won't come from yourself. They'll come to you from you know from conversations from good people that give it to you from whatever it is. Yeah.
0: It's, it's very related to what we were usually usually saying that you need to be in love with the problem and not with the solution. You right. Just want to really solve it, and how would you solve it by re- being re- into the problem and going and talking to people, and then you understand what you really need to solve actually, and how it's like derived from there.
1: And uh, I have to say that I'm in the game as well, so I don't know much more than you are. Uh, I'm also trying to find like. The, the best ideas all the time and how to and the challenges if we go back to the challenges so a lot of the challenges are also you know the, the embracement of of AI of, of your clients of of your and I think I think it's getting much 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 better I think now the yeah. situation is okay how are we going to do that instead of are we gonna do that like I, yeah. I think everybody wants to do it. The FOMO is very strong you can feel it everywhere. And therefore, for me, it helps a lot. You know, if if you think about ten years ago, where I had to convey people that this will really help them, and and yeah. now I don't have to. The discussion now is how we how do we do that, and how do we get there as fast as possible. Um,
0: yeah, which is good. Another
1: challenges is, good. is that it don't necessarily work all the time, <laughs> and you have to embrace that as well. And yeah. and. Feasibility tests are so important. Uh, you know, I always compare it to throwing a stone on a wall and seeing how high is the wall. Is it like two meters high or is it one kilometer high? Like, and and you have to understand that not everything is solvable. And when you do that, please get to the situation where it's not solvable, and you and you know it as quick as possible. Uh, yeah. So. Kill the dream if you can as quick as possible, it'll save a lot of headache and and pain. And and some things just don't work. They don't converge, they don't work. And and the idea that AI can solve everything is not true. Um, so it depends on, you know, some 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 are objective. There's no solution, you know. Doesn't matter Mm -hmm. what to do. And some are subjective subjective, you don't have the enough data to solve that or so, so, understanding uh, feasibility is, is a major step in, in, in this area, and as as soon as you can do some kind of a POC to, to prove to yourself that it works, or prove to yourself that it doesn't work, it'll be it'll be very it's very important in in the process.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and it's very confusing. Season. Everybody's
1: like uh, you know thinks it can do everything, and it's yeah. not the case. No, it's not. It's still not the case. Yeah.
0: How do you see it's different from creating a POC in software? How is like building an algorithm or an AI or this neural network different than building a part of a POC of software? What's the difference?
1: So there's a, uh, and obviously in software, there's also some some portion of un, unknown, but I think in AI, there it's much bigger. And therefore, usually it needs confidence from both sides, from my side and from the client side, to see that, you know, it's worth working on that. So let's say the customer has this huge data set of all the pricing points that it gave in the future and those who were rejected and those who weren't rejected. Mm-hmm. Now, I can look at the data and tabulary and do some statistics, but until I don't run a model that will try to predict, if I can predict it, it'll be very hard for me to come back to the customer and say, it's going to work, you know so yeah. it, it it demands also humbleness like we talked about
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: and the ability to an openness also the ability to take the data work on that and then come back to the customer and say okay i think we got a good uh, th- this is the great soil for ai it's going to work at least from the data you gave me i have good feeling that it's going to work and we can we can start the we can go yeah. And usually, I, we, we the way to start is to start with this intermediate stage where you know both sides don't know if it'll work. Humbly, and and yeah. and 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 I think it's a, it's a great way to start uh, relationships, and the unknown. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think when if, if you are too cocky and you come with the, you're saying, okay, I'm for sure solving it. I think the effect of you not solving it is severe. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You're right. I, I think that, that it's it's a bit different to understand that what, what you get is is um as you said unknown because most people will say okay you have a problem you know you have this tool and you have a solution in the end. So I'll give you the data, you will just do whatever you're doing, and then you'll tell me, yeah, ta-da, how it is. And and it doesn't work this way, especially because each a question is a bit different. And each uh, I get I guess one each of your clients are have different data and they have different systems and they have different problems, even sometimes. And then what you're doing, I guess at the beginning at least, is more like a, a service to customize everything for them. And afterwards they could use the, the system, right? Something right. like that.
1: And, and and you're right. And also, you know, we're talking about the first customer. Uh, but the second may be very similar and I have the confidence to already mm. wrap it up as a tool and sell it as a tool. But mm-hmm. so the, the beginning, is a, there's a lot of uh, un, unknown, but once you you find out that you help to this company, that probably there are 10 companies who are very similar to that company and you can help them. So
0: yeah. risk mitigation
1: is, is something that you can do along the way, but once you understand and productize this, this activity... Then that's the magic, basically, right? That's the magic yeah. for, for me as an entrepreneur. Uh, you, you you pass this obstacle of, of of proving the feasibility, you wrap it up as a product, and and then it works. That's that's yeah. work.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that in general, when you're an entrepreneur, you have like open questions, and you're starting there with the unknown. And if if you have luck and, and other <laughs> stuff, you will get to something which is valuable.
1: Amen. Amen. Lack, <laughs> lack so, is amazing. You have to embrace lack as well, and I embrace.
0: Lack. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So actually, I think we went through about third of the questions that I wanted to ask. So amazing. maybe we should have another discussion afterwards because I have so many other things that we didn't get to. So maybe we should have another one.
1: Absolutely. And
0: I'd I want to thank work. you and thank you for your time. And I, I will reschedule we'll another one. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: Beautiful. I did. It was a pleasure, and. A,
0: pleasure, was talking, pleasure to you.
1: talking to you and i enjoyed it very much
0: me too and how could people reach you and in, in your company and ask questions if they want
1: uh linkedin amphorica.com my email yes. raviv at amphorica.com wow um, and uh, feel thank free you. to i'm i'm trying to be i try to stay humble <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's good so thank you thank you loviv it's been a pleasure talking to you and we will do it again. And to all of you change makers out there, thank you for joining us. And I'll see you next week with another innovative, insightful talk. See Bless ya. you, Adi. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.
0: I'm Adima Zocario, and you've been listening to the Invincible Innovation Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, invincibleinnovation.com, where you can learn more about our programs and my book, Innovating Through Chaos. I'll be waiting for you next week in our next episode. Thank you for listening.